Hello everyone and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about the podcast if you're new. Basically, I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County, in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com to have them be featured on the podcast. Anyway, let's get into it. Happy 2023, everyone. I hope you had a great new year and holidays if you celebrate. I can't believe it's 2023 already. You know, this past year for the podcast was a big one. We reached a bunch of new countries. Shout out to my followers, listeners in Germany. Love you guys. You guys have been like blowing up the podcast over there. I don't know how, I don't know like how you found out about it, but shout out. I never thought that this would be something that first of all, I'd be doing for as long as we've been doing it. We almost have like, I need to look at the exact number, but we have almost like a hundred episodes, y'all, which is like crazy to me. So thank you for listening. Thank you for just sharing this podcast amongst yourselves. I was looking through like my end of year wrap up. You know, they always send you those numbers when you have a podcast. And I noticed that uh, my most popular podcast episodes are the Unsolved Cold Cases episodes of Anne Harmeyer and Tracy Sissom. So I hope that at some point those two cold cases will be solved. Obviously, it would be nice for the family to have closure and for the victim to get justice in those cases. And, you know, true crime for me is not something that I am interested in, maybe isn't the right word, but I don't know. I just find true crime to be something that can be a little bit hard to navigate because it becomes this, like, telephone game of, like, I feel like every time the story is retold, the victim and the victim's experiences are diminished and devalued in some way. All the focus is only given to the perpetrator of the crime and details are lost. It becomes like, like I said, like a telephone game. So every time the story is retold, details get lost, stuff gets mistranslated, and details aren't aren't included. So I try to tend to, to like not do too much true crime on this podcast for that reason. And the cases that I do cover are the cold cases just because I feel like, you know, those are unsolved. They need, those victims deserve justice and their families deserve closure. So what can we do to get attention brought back to those cases so hopefully they can be resolved? And, you know, I will say it's really cool to see how many cold cases are being solved every year and it's more and more and more. So we love to see that. For this year, looking at this podcast, you know, I'm just going to keep doing me. (laughs) I'm just going to keep posting these episodes until y'all tell me to stop, okay? Because here's the thing. I didn't think that I'd be doing it this long for this reason. Round County is a small town. How many stories does that place have? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to end sometime. But apparently, no. Because let me tell you something. Brown County started 2023 off with several bangers. And, like, when I say bangers, I mean, like, insane things are happening in Brown County as we speak, with insane stories unfolding as we speak. And here I was, 
thinking that I was going to run out of stories to tell. And honestly, I'm now scrambling to decide, you know, which of the older stories I need to get to on top of all these new breaking stories happening. It's insane. Brown County, you need to calm down just a little bit, but I guess don't because then I won't have content. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I really thought I would I would run out of things to talk about because like, again, 1,500 people live in Brown County. How much more interesting can we get? But it is insane the things that are happening. We have bomb threats happening in Brown County. We have arson. More. You would think that we'd run out of things in Brown County to set on fire, and you'd be wrong. So we have more arson cases, an ongoing arson investigation, an arson trial with someone who might be the suspect of uh, several of the arson cases we've already talked about, on top of a child solicitation ring, which we haven't even gotten to. It's overwhelming, okay? There's just a lot happening. So I'm going to do my best to cover them all for you guys. And today's episode, like you can probably tell from the title, getting back to that, is another case of animal abuse. Because just when you think, you know, okay, we covered how many cases of animal abuse have we covered? At least two. Three, I guess, if you count the bovine butcher. So it's just like, oh my goodness, like chill. Everybody needs to calm down and leave the animals out of it. So we have another case of animal cruelty today to get to. Thankfully, this one is resolved in a way that is beneficial to the animals who are the victims in these cases. And I would like to, you know, the last animal cruelty case we covered, I was a little hard, okay? I went in, shots were fired towards the animal control officers that were involved in that initial case involving pigs. And I was very upset. And I'm still upset about it, to be honest, because those pigs never got justice and those pigs were just left to be di- to be killed. Anyway, moving on from that, this case is different. A little spoiler alert, it ends in a lot, a lot better way than the other one. And here's, here's why I think that it did, though. And this is no, no hate to the animal control officers of Brown County. This is just a thing. I think in a lot of times, people get really upset, rightfully so, for animal cruelty cases, right? But a lot of our focus is put on domesticated animals such as cats, dogs, because those are animals that a lot of us have had at one point and are familiar with. But when animal cruelty cases come out about birds, fish, livestock, animals, horses, pigs, cows, donkeys, that is when a lot of the time those animals are not given as much care and there is not as much severity in like making sure that that case is handled quickly for that animal to get out of that situation when it is involving animals other than cats and dogs. And that to me is why I get upset because it's like no animal should be treated cruelly and killed because of cruelty, like starving them to death. So it's like we, we, help and assist really, really quickly and effectively animal cruelty cases against cats and dogs. But when it comes to any other animal outside of cats and dogs, that attention and that care is not as quickly given to those animals who are also, it's like, it's abuse. You know what I'm saying? It's like a horse can be starved to death. And that to me is just as bad as a cat or dog being starved to death. You know, they don't balance each other out or cancel each other out. It's like, it's still an animal who is being put in inhumane circumstances by a person. So that's just something where I've noticed that. But regardless, at least these animals were helped. So I will, I will give animal control officers that in Brown County. So anyway, let's get into it, shall we? So a 49-year-old woman by the name of Mary, I'm gonna, 
probably shouldn't share her last name, even though the article in Brown County Democrat did, you know, it's like, maybe there should be some privacy there, I guess, because this person clearly is someone that could receive a lot of hate. You know, I don't know. Should we be sharing last names, even if these people are pieces of of trash? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Do they deserve to have their last name blasted out for everyone to know? I don't know. Something to think about. New Year, new me, I guess. Okay, so we're just going to share her first name. So a 49-year-old woman by the name of Mary in Brown County was charged with a misdemeanor for cruelty to animals after an animal control officer responded to reports of animal abuse and visited her home. Which is another thing I think is important to note that, like, I like seeing how many neighbors are being really active and responsive to the animal abuse that they see is happening. You know, I that's really nice to see because it's like those neighbors didn't have to report those animals being abused, but they did. And that's really good. So if you're a neighbor of someone and you see maybe their their dog or horse or cow or cat or donkey and it doesn't look like it's in very good condition i think it's really important to report it to animal control because at least they can have a file open about what's going on and if enough people report it then that animal can get help and be taken out of that situation so according to a probable cause affidavit mary was hospitalized on september 20th 2022 for issues with being able to breathe she wasn't able to breathe which I'm like, I wonder if you got COVID. <laughs> We're not even going to get into that, but that's the first thing I thought. Okay, moving on. Brown County Sheriff's Office reported that Mary's residence was in squalor and that the animals and people living on the property were not being properly cared for. The Sheriff's Office ended up reporting it to the Department of Child Services, which, okay, I was a little confused by this. There's reports of, of squalor and animals not being taken care of, so it gets reported to the police. Fine, whatever. Police comes out and then reports it to the Department of Child Services. This is confusing because, you know, I don't know much about the Department of Child Services, okay? I don't know much much about children in general, but I don't know that if, uh, if there's no children on the property, why would the sheriff's office report the squalor-like conditions of the property to the, tra- to the Department of Child Services? You know what I'm saying? So that made me wonder. I'm like, okay, there's something that's happening here that's not being said or reported on, and that's something to me... I'm just assuming here because it's never mentioned again in this article is that there might may or may not have been a child living on the premises as well. Because I'm just going to go out here on the limb and say that the Department of Child Services does not want you to report cases of animal cruelty to them. You know, like they're already busy, I'm sure, as it is. So like adding on top of that random accounts of animal cruelty, is, you're just probably not going to get um those cases looked at via CPA. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going to assume that the sheriff's office respond, uh, reported this type of living condition to the Department of Child Services because there was a kid there at one point. So anyway, on September 22nd, 2022, a Brown County animal control officer by the name of Bethany responded to the report that no one had been to Mary's residence to care for any of the animals on the property. Now, from what I can tell, this report to Bethany came from family members of Mary because they knew for a fact that Mary hadn't told anyone to take care of the animals. So they didn't know how to take care of these animals, so they reported it to the animal control officer. Now, according to the report, there were four dogs and three cats living on the property. 
since Mary was in the hospital, a family member of Mary asked Bethany to please get the animals off of the property and get them care. Now, Bethany would be contacted by the Department of Child Protective Services, the the CPS caseworker, who requested that Bethany meet with Mary's family members at Mary's home on September 23rd to take the animals from the property. So, again, CPS, why do they fit into this? I'm just so confused. This only thing I can think is that there is also a kid at, at one point, clearly that kid has been taken away and is probably a part of CPS now, which is very sad, but that's what I'm thinking is like, that's how they kind of tied in or how the animal control officer was tied in because they were like, squalor living conditions, kid is taken off property, given to CPS. Also, let's make reports of, again, living conditions not good. So let's now get the animals taken care of. Now, the affidavit stated that Bethany would arrive at Mary's home first. And when she arrived on the property, she saw a geriatric, aka very old, a uh, dog that was digging in the trash in the driveway. She stated that the dog was one of Mary's due to the reports she had received from neighbors of the dog running wild in the neighborhood. Now, Bethany was able to catch the dog and safely transported him into her van. Mary's family members would be able to confirm that the dog was, in fact, Mary's. While inspecting the dog, Bethany stated that it was clear that the dog had extreme dental disease and a bad skin condition on its back, as well as a bad cough. Bethany could not find any form of shelter for the dogs on Mary's property, and the only source of water for the animals was rainwater that had collected in a bowl on the porch. Mary's family members brought Bethany five of the remaining six animals for Bethany to inspect and put in her truck. One of the other dogs was reported by Bethany as having overgrown nails and severe dental disease. The other dog was deaf and had its ribs showing and its paws soaked in urine. The last dog was extremely emaciated. One of the cats appeared normal while the other was extremely emaciated and lethargic. All five of the animals collected smelled of urine and feces. The last animal to collect was a cat, which Mary's family members were unable to catch. Bethany went into the house and set up a trap in order to catch the cat and would return the following day to check on the trap. The animals captured were all taken to the Brown County Humane Society where their photos were taken and reports made of their condition and they were all given food, water, and placed inside clean kennels. Now, let's make a little note about Brown County Humane Society. I love the Brown County Humane Society. That's where I adopted both of my cats. They are an incredible, incredible humane society. It's a non-kill shelter. They take extremely good care of their cats and dogs that they have. They're also extremely picky, as they should be, on who is allowed and um, able to adopt adopt the animals from the shelter. You know, they want to know the living conditions that those cats and dogs will have in your home. Um, They want to make sure that you have like a good job and are able to feed and take care of the cats and get them a vet. And they're just, they're so, so good. And I love them so much. And they do so much good for the animals that live in Brown County, especially considering that, you know, it's a rural Indiana small town. The fact that they have such a good humane society, such a good shelter is just amazing. And so shout out Brown County Humane Society. I love them so much. And if you want a cat or dog in the area of like Bloomington and Nashville, I'd highly recommend checking them out because they are incredible. Anyway, so Bethany went back to the property on September 24th, but was unable to locate the cat. It hadn't gotten in the trap. So she had to set up another trap and return later that same afternoon, and the cat was captured. Now, the Brown County Humane Society staff stated that there were major concerns for all of the animals' health and safety that were brought in from Mary's residence. All of the animals were then taken to the vet for medical exams on September 26th. Bethany 
contacted the Board of Animal Health State Veterinarian and requested an exam for all the animals that were part of the investigation of animal cruelty. Mary stated to Bethany that someone was supposed to take care of the animals while she was in the hospital and that she knew one of her dogs was very sick. She hadn't taken the dog to the vet because she couldn't afford it. Mary stated that none of the animals were up to date on any veterinarian care or vaccinations and that none of them had been to the vet in years. Mary then stated that she was not allowed to move back to her home for her medical reasons. Bethany at that point began the impounding process for the animals and Mary signed the impounded forms. On September 28th, Bethany met with the vet who stated that two of the three cats and three of the four dogs were emaciated and according to the affidavit, the vet reported that due to the animals' conditions and the conditions of Mary's home that the animals were in immediate jeopardy at the time that they were all impounded. Mary did not pay the bond amount that was required to maintain ownership of the animals so those uh, ownership was given to the Brown County Humane Society. Now the Brown County Humane Society provided updates on the four thinnest animals who were all gaining weight at a healthy rate and that all the animals were doing extremely well under their care. Mary was formally charged with animal cruelty on November 30th. So there you have it. Shout out Brown County, Brown County Humane Society. Love you so much. You do so much good for the animals in Brown County. And you know, uh, here's the thing. I do feel, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't feel bad for Mary because I do. Like, clearly there was some stuff going on, you know, and medical issues. And I'm sure living in those conditions aren't good for your lungs or your brain or your health or any of that good stuff. And it's just unfortunate, you know, that she couldn't afford to take her to the vet. It's just all sad. It's just sad, you know, but, but thing on the bright side, you know, those animals are now being cared for. Those animals are now being loved and supported and they'll have good homes. So it all kind of ended well. And I hope that Mary recovers from whatever illness she was experiencing and is able to live in better um, conditions for her own safety. So there you go. A nice little story to begin the 2023 year. I have so many stories left. I don't, I don't know guys where to begin next, to be honest. But I think that I will start the next case that we cover. We're going to go back to arson. Okay. We have covered arson so much on this podcast. I should honestly just remove the name Local Edges of Lark and just change it to arson because like it's Brown County's favorite thing to do when they're bored is just set things on fire. So there is, like I said, an active investigation going right now and has been for all these unsolved, unresolved arson cases. And someone has been brought into custody who they think is connected to previous arson cases uh, was actively doing arson when they got caught. So we're going to break that down and see what all is there. Because honestly, I haven't read anything about it other than seeing the article posted. So we're just going to break it down, see what, what the investigation is looking like and what we all think. So that will be the next story is the arson case. So check in um, if you're interested in that. In the meantime, what do we say here on the podcast? That's right. Stay safe, stay hydrated, and I'll see you next time. Bye.